Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Igberto Willis, your host. Today we have with us State Representative Jolanda Jones, who represents Texas District 147 in Houston. She's a former member of the Houston Independent School District, a district that the Texas Education Agency is attempting to take over. Well, she doesn't want it. Houstonians don't want it. Representative, how are you doing today? I'm I'm well. I'm ready to fight. I am fighting. So I'm not ready. I'm fighting. So see if we can try to stop this TA takeover. Now, this seems to go completely against what often Republicans talk about local control, the people in charge of their own destiny. What went wrong? So I believe it's a grab by Republicans, uh, which has been facilitated facilitated by a law that Rep. Dutton uh, filed back in uh, the 84th legislative session, which for the most part said if an HSD school has been unacceptable for five consecutive years, that TA shall, which is mandatory, take over, uh, shall take over and either close that school or appoint a board of managers for the entire district is what they're proceeding on. You know, uh, uh, that how did a law like that pass? Because if you listen to the wording of that law, it makes no sense, right? One school in a district of many schools, and if that one school fails, it's either closed, which they know nobody's going to want to close the school, or else we take over the entire district of all the schools. How could a law like that pass? So I was not in the legislature then, but... I I think, I mean, I don't know, right? Because I wasn't here, but I would imagine after having been here now, laws are long, they're complicated. People know their laws. They don't always know the nuances of other people's laws. And you maybe could have missed it. So for example, I mean, I'm looking at the bill, I believe saved Wheatley and saved the district SB number 1365, and it is 44 pages long, right? And yeah, and, and, and for a point of reference, I think I filed 60 bills, right? Right. And I'm trying to learn all my bills, like in all the nuances, right? right? Because legislative council drafts the bills for us for the most part, and they add stuff. So I can go to ledge council and say, hey, I want a bill that does this. They'll go put it in legal language. And then I'm reading it as a lawyer, like, hey, I didn't ask for this. I'm like, oh, you got to put this. So it's just hard to figure out every nuance. And so that could happen. People, I mean, I don't know. I was not here. uh, But I am certain that had I been here and I saw where an entire district could be taken over for one school in a district where we have over close to 200,000 kids and almost 280 schools, there's no way I would have ever let that happen. Apart from the fact, if you look at where HISD, where HISD is now compared to other urban districts and all the large ones, which we're the largest school district in Texas, and we are the seventh largest school district in the United States. And the six school districts that are larger than HISD in the United States are made up of counties, not a city like HISD. And so it doesn't make any sense to me, but even compared to the school districts in Texas, we have the best overall rating of Dallas ISD, Austin ISD, San Antonio, 
ISD better than all the big districts, but you're taking us over. I think that if you knock down the King Kong on the block, all other blocks will fall. And I believe that is a part of it. And I also believe if they can take over HISD, the other districts are next. So, um, and I believe that the TA is just wrong on the law. Now, I, I want to get first into the politics and then into what realistically are the solutions. Now, okay. we know that uh, conservatives have long believed in, and we also had a few progressives here, in, well, supposed progressives here in Houston. We need to air, we need to air quote progressives. Right, quote progressives who also were pushing the voucherization, the privatization of our education system. Uh, let's let's do this. Who's the author of that bill? I think it was author, somebody. Uh, author of that bill. What 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 bill? The bill that actually had the shall if one school doesn't. Harold uh, Harold doesn't care. Right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> No. So, what, so he was a primary carrier of it. Wheatley is a school that he graduated from. Um, and so he had his reasons. No reason is acceptable for turning your school over to uh, to an external agency. Now, what else? I, I agree. I agree with you. I'm just telling you what what I've heard Rep Dutton say. Right now. What do you believe then is the issue here? Do you think the idea is that we're uh, there was some sort of a deal to get some privatization in Wheatley and others? I, I, I believe that the people that support vouchers and the people that support charters are just giving out a lot of money to people to be supportive. It's my understanding, and I, I don't know this um, for a fact, but but I've been told by colleagues that they've been able to change some people's mind. The voucher people have been able to change some Democrats' minds who are absolutely against vouchers. And so it's my understanding that we used to have out of a 150-member body, we used to have over 100 members who were like anti-voucher. And now it's less than 100, although it's more than the 76 uh, that are required. So, So they say we still may be able to kill vouchers, but it's just going to be closer than it used to be in the past. I, I really can't see how rural rural uh, uh, Congress people and senators or representatives will somehow support vouchers, so, given that so they don't have access to what the cities have. So what I've heard is that um, the authors of the voucher bills are going to allow the rural people to opt out if they don't want to have vouchers, but if they want vouchers, they can opt in. But the larger so school districts don't get the option to opt out. No, that's yeah, that's my understanding. Wow. So it's called. It's, so what I've learned is there are these bills called bracket bills where you want them to to just. It's not for like everybody in the state. It's just for a certain like so Houston and Dallas because they're so big. They have bills that are just for Houston or just for Dallas, and they generally bracket it based on population. It seems to me like that could fail under constitutional terms. You're a lawyer. Um, that could fail, fail under unequal, uh, unequal treatment of different groups of people, especially given uh, the separation between st- uh, cities and, let's say, rural areas, right? So, I, so, no, they've been doing that forever. I don't think so. I, I think that there are differences between urban areas 
in rural areas and what works in an urban area might not work in a rural area. So I don't think it fails on those grounds. I mean, they've been doing bracketed bills. For, there are a whole bunch of bills that are just for Harris County, just for the city of Houston, just for certain areas. You can also do local stuff, right? That's just for like where you live. And if that were the case, then because different places have different needs and interests. So I don't think it's I don't think that fails constitutionally. No, but it, I do, it, go ahead. But I do, but I do believe that they've given rural 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 communities a way to opt out if they don't want it. So now they're not opposed to it before. Interestingly, that is another that is an interesting way for since the rural parts of Texas are usually Republican and the dominant parts in uh, the the city, the parts in urban areas are normally Democratic. It seems like uh, this is an easy way to uh, to make the Democratic cities moot. Right. In other words, what they want, if you can bracket just about anything, then none of their will gets done. Right. And then I and then I've heard that they. I mean, so let, let's be clear. This TEA takeover was like the worst kept secret in the history of the universe, yes, yes, right? right? Right. They kept saying, oh, we're not going to do this. I think that Sylvester jumping the gun and disclosing it merely made them hold off for almost two weeks, right? But they were going to do what they what they did. And I believe just based on the presentation that Mike Morath, the TEA commissioner, gave on yesterday, what they used that time to do was to show all these other reasons why HISD should be taken over. And I don't trust the quality of their data on their slides they've given out to everybody in this little media tour that Marath is doing. And I also believe that they're distracting because the, 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 the mechanism by which Marath and TA are taking over HISD is based on House Bill 1842. That is what they've said. There's only... Two things, I mean, HB 1842 says whatever, but, and and he had this deep analysis of HB 1842 and what it means. And then he puts in there Senate Bill 1365, which was actually done by Betancourt, Senator Betancourt. That's the one, yeah. Which, which I believe, I wasn't there during it. It's actually the Wheatley Bill. Right. The part that gives Wheatley one chance and one chance only to come up to at least a seat. Right. And it was interesting because on 1842, Marath had a slide that showed 1842 and before 1840, before 1842 was was filed and, and passed in 2015 and, and what happened after 1842 and what it did. And that's where the shall, the mandatory language comes in. What he glossed over, and I think he did that on purpose, was Senate Bill 1365, which the part of the, uh, 1365, let me just pull it up. 1365 is a 40-some-odd page. Bill, bill that you were telling me about before. Right, but if you, if, if you go to, if you pull 1365, which I'm happy to text you yes. so that you can tell people, if you go to page 22 of, of Senate Bill 1365, Line seven starts at, it's C, it says, notwithstanding any other law, which means even notwithstanding 1842, because any other 1842 is a law. Right. right? The commissioner shall, so there's still the shall, take action described in section 39A, 
that 111 sections one or two, right? So this commissioner shall do something under these sections, which, but these, this is what has to happen before he shall do anything. He's got to have one, the school is not assigned. This is the weekly bill. The school is not assigned an overall performance rating of C or higher for 21-21 school year. So that's the A. And it says and. If you remember, and means you need both. It doesn't mean R. It means and. Right. Yes. And means you need both. Right. So these are conditions precedent to the shell. So you've got to not get a, a C. And you have to have been assigned an unacceptable performance rating for five or more years prior to 21-22. So they meet that. Right. Right. They meet that, but they do not meet the not assigned an overall performance rating of a C or higher in 21, 22. Right. So they only have one. So this section does not apply. Right. Because Wheatley had a 79, which is actually right. a C plus. Right. And the whole and, and, and it's my understanding that it was done, but they didn't think Wheatley was going to come out. They thought it was right. going to fail. Right. So I, to me, it was like the optics looked bad. It was right after and during COVID. You want to seem like you're not heartless, right? So Morath didn't have the language of this bill on his little PowerPoint. So and let I'll, me ask you, then, why did it fail in the in the Texas Supreme Court, and why is HISD the dates decide not to fight it any further? Different issues. Different issues. The lawsuit that was filed in 2019 that the board filed merely said the TA did not have the authority to do what it was doing. It was not following the law. That was the issue. So while the courts duped it out on about whether TA had the authority to do what it was doing, namely taking over the district by either appointing a board of managers or closing Wheatley, the Supreme Court came back and said, yeah, they could do it. The Supreme Court did not rule on the merits about whether the mandatory section of four, of 1842 was if it had been met. Gotcha. So they left that they left that blank. So for anyone who's like, well, why did they dismiss the lawsuit? Why did they dismiss the lawsuit? That issue was moot. I will concede that TEA does, under the laws that existed at the, in 2019, do have the right to take over HISD but it's discretionary, not mandatory. They had two other bases. So there were three bases, if you'll remember. They had that we'd had a conservator for two or more years consecutively, mm -hmm. right? Right. Her name was yes. Miss Delaney, right? right. So, so, th so she was there for more than two years consecutively and a board malfeasance. Remember that TEA report that came out and said, for the most part, and I'll summarize it because it was uh, hundreds of pages, the only HISD board member who didn't do anything illegal was me. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, so, so they could take over under the rules if the board is out of control, which the board was having a walking quorum with Deanna Davila. And I, I want to call names because people need to know why we're in this. Um, Deanna Davila, remember they, she illegally fired uh, Dr. Granita Layton, Sergio right. Lira. Yeah both of whom were unelected. Holly Maria Villaseca, she was unelected. Elizabeth Santos, she was reelected by 42 votes. And Ann Sung, who was unelected. 
So four of the walking quorum, the 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 constituents of HSD got rid of them. And, and I'm proud to say I campaigned against them. Elizabeth Santos is still on the board, but she, like I said, she won by 42 votes. I can tell you, so the, the walking quorum bad actors are all gone but one, right? Holly's now running for city council. I ain't voting for. And uh, Ann Sung landed with Leslie Briones. Um, who else? Deanna Davila is now a consultant all over the country on equity and getting Hispanics elected places. And Sergio O'Leary is over LULAC. Another subject for another day. But something else that we got in trouble for was the board not doing what they were supposed to do, which was basically to pass policy and the superintendent was supposed to like run the district. So for example, I will tell you that Superintendent Layton, who's a doctor uh, in education, actually had put in her budget monies to go to all these schools that are, are habitually or that were habitually struggling. She directed money. But if you will recall, those same people who were having, and, and, and Sue Dygard is still on the board, and she voted down the superintendent's budget. We didn't have the right to, to like reallocate money. So what they did, so they were all experts, and I would respectfully submit to you some failed teachers who were angry with the district, and they want to come in and exact their revenge, right, just based on comments that they said to me, and they're mad about this or mad about that. And so when the, when the, when the superintendent has talked with the CFO and they look at the money, and we can give, we know this, this, this school is having this problem, this school is having this problem, let's direct money there. Those trustees did not want to reallocate money. So where do we go from here? What, what's the next step and what can uh, the, the parents in HISD expect? So me personally, I think that the unions, the, the bus drivers, the teachers, everybody, they should just refuse to go to work. I mean, where's TEA going to go and find a whole bunch of teachers to educate? They can't. Right. 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 If the kids can't get to school. Right. So HISD has power through its employees. The question is, are, good, are they going to exert themselves? But I also, I also believe that based on what Mike Morath, the TA commissioner, told us yesterday, that the only reason, the only reason that he is taking over the school is because he believes he shall, he must take it over. So I think because the other lawsuit was, was purely did TA or did TA not have the right to, to begin a takeover, which I do believe discretionarily is to file a lawsuit and say, this is not a shall because I got Marath to commit that the only reason he was doing it was because it was mandatory. Senator Miles got Marath to commit that that was the only reason he's doing it. So if we take away the shall, that, that, the shall then you say you move differently. Well, it right. seems to me like you have the part, the necessary part of the law that has removed that shall that came before that shall, correct? Right. Well, because they don't have both. Right. Because they got a 79, they're a C plus, and they they have the five years consecutive, but they don't have that they're not a C. Or Is high. that, are you working on that now with other uh, uh, Houston area reps? Yeah, we're talking about that. And also, um, uh, Representative Al Allen filed the bill to change the shall to may. Okay, good, good. And what's the possibility of that bill passing? 
I think it's uphill because the Republicans want to take over HISD. They mad because HISD doesn't have vouchers and charter schools, you know, like expansion of charter schools. So I think it's going to be hard. And but I I, I think that if, if we file, well, if somebody, maybe the NAACP or MALDEF or the school board file it saying that that is not that is not mandatory. Let's get the courts to interpret right. mandatory, right? With this notwithstanding any other law, with the court's interpretation of that, then, I mean, like I say, TEA can take us over discretionarily if they want to. Right. But all the, all the, all the stuff that was going on with the board previously is not the same. It's not going on like it was. And four of the walking corn people are not on the board anymore. Well, Representative Jones, it seems to me like uh, you have a, a two front fight that you can win, because I think if uh, if folks can actually get the union to tell folks not to go to work, if if the takeover comes into pass, it'll put the TEA in a bad position. So I the way I see it as an activist myself, I think you're in the, in the you are actually in the driver's seat or HISD can be in the driver's seat, assuming they don't have traitors in their midst. Except for Egberto, our unions is strong. Like I'm a union girl. My mom was a union steward. My grandfather was in the union. If the unions don't exercise their might in this situation, exactly. So I'm waiting to see if the unions, like the even like the mechanics, the people that fix HVAC, the people that do food, if they all just boycott it, it can't happen. It can't happen. So the right. question is, are they going to do that? That's, I think we should end it there because I think with your leadership, you can probably help or assist in folks getting exactly there. State Representative Jolanda Jones, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thanks, Egbergadon. We as a delegation, myself, Representative Johnson, Senator Boris Miles, uh, Representative Alma Allen, Sinfronia Thompson, we really are trying to figure out a unified fight because we are going to be as strong as our weakest link. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.